If you would uh, turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want us to look at one verse of Scripture this morning. Seven words that say a multitude. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks. The word B is italicized, so we don't count it. Thanks unto God for His unspeakable gift. I was thinking this morning how ironic that seven in the Scriptures being the number of completion that God in seven words in this verse gives us the complete Gospel. This is speaking of salvation. This is speaking of the salvation that's found in Jesus Christ. There is salvation in no other. This is the sum and the substance of the Gospel. In seven words, we're given an outline of three things. First, salvation is the gift of God. Jesus Christ is salvation. Secondly, the gift of God is unspeakable. That word unspeakable means indescribable. God's gift to chosen sinners is unexplainable. This gift was and is given to His people by God, and it cannot be described or explained. It can only be revealed and believed. And those of you who believe it know that it was revealed to you. We didn't figure it out on our own, did we? It's by God's irresistible and unspeakable gift of grace. Thirdly, this gift causes us to whom it is given to praise and thank God for. Three things there in just seven words. What did you and I do to receive this gift? I hear people today talking a lot about what they do for God, but what have we ever done that would cause God to give us this unspeakable gift. If it's a gift of reward of merit, a work of our own hands, what, what did we do to, to receive it? What did we do for God to give it to us? Paul said, we do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come by the law, by us keeping the law, by us doing something, then Christ is dead in vain. No reason for Him to come. No reason for Christ to die. No reason for Him to voluntarily give up His life in the room instead of wretched sinners. Do you work for a gift? Absolutely not. If you did, it would cease to be a gift, wouldn't it? We've said that many times. Our dictionary defines the word gift as something given willingly to someone without payment. A gift is something that we do not earn, we do not deserve, and we do not merit it. The great word of Scripture is not merit. It's grace. God's love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness is not deserving, deserving but freely given. The word gift, grace, and given are all synonymous. They all mean the same thing. Out of curiosity this morning, I looked up these words. The word grace is found 170 times in the Scripture. The word gift, 59 times. The word given is used 498 
times. Do you know how many times the word merit in any form, merit, merited, merited, whatever. You know how many times it's used in the Bible? Zero. Not one time. How about the words deserve or deserveth? One time for each word. One time. And interesting enough, both verses there with the word declareth um, have to do that and say that God has punished us less than our iniquities deserve. <laughs> and then the word earn used not one time in the Scriptures. The word earneth used twice in one verse. Haggai 1.6 which says, He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. That's how much our work has to do. It's like taking our weekly pay and putting it in a, in a bag or a purse or what, whatever, and it has holes in it and it just all falls out. Our filthy rags and works of righteousness are of no spiritual profit. None. Absolutely none. Salvation in Christ comes to us only one way, and that's by the way of a gift. When God shows us who and what we are, we would never dare to say that we deserved, merited, or was rewarded or that we ever done anything good in and of ourselves to earn merit or deserve God's gift. If we kept God's law without any flaw or error, and that's a big if, if we had, we have, we can't. If there was no omission of duty on our part, if there was no commission of sin that we committed, if we could lay at God's feet a perfect work of righteousness wrought by our own hands, none of it would be enough for Christ to leave His glorious throne, become a man, live in poverty, and die in shame. And what I'm endeavoring to say is just this. Christ's sacrifice would, could never be deserved by us even if we had remained innocent. No human merit deserves the incarnation of God upon the earth nor His shameful death upon the cross. Christ took not upon Himself our righteousness. We had none. Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. He took upon Himself our sin. That's all there was to take. To every blood-bought sinner, the Scripture says, the Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. That's why our Lord Jesus is God's unspeakable gift. That's why our salvation is indescribable. It's unexplainable. An offering for sin is for the guilty. How could Christ die on a cross for deserving sinners when there are none? There's no, none deserving of Christ's mercy and grace and love to us. No bruises are required for one who's well. No chastisement of peace is needed for one deserving. Christ died the just for the unjust. Now that's what we are. We're unjust. Why? Why did He do that? To bring us to God. It was the only way. We were alienated from God. 
I wonder sometimes if we really understand what that word alienated means. God's law alienates us from Him. Our sin is against Him and Him only. God's right when He speaks against us. God is justified when He, when he condemns us. We didn't do anything. We were alienated from God at a far distance and we have to be brought nigh. Christ came to us as an undeserving gift. We can't even speak of it as we should. It's unspeakable. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I can't explain that. Did we deserve it? No. Could we deserve it? Absolutely not. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. 1 John 14. I can't explain that. I can't describe that. We love Him because He first loved us. I can answer it with Scripture. Why did He do this? Because we love Him because He first loved us. So, first we see that salvation in Jesus Christ is a gift, and it's God's gift. You see that? Thanks unto God for His unspeakable gift. It's God's gift. Grace and mercy given to a guilty sinner is a gift. That's all it can be. And it's God's gift. It's unearned, it's, it's unmerited, and it's, it's undeserved. One glorious thing about this gift is is that we'll never lose it. <laughs> uh, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Romans eleven twenty nine. God gave this gift of calling us and this gift of saving us to never repent of it or change His mind about it. <laughs> the Lord Jesus pre-incarnate said, "For I am the Lord; I change not." Therefore. This is why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Because I don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His divine nature never, ever changes. He's the Lord that changes not. Well, we change like the weather. If salvation depended on our actions, we'd forever be lost without any hope, but it's not dependent on our actions. That's what I try to proclaim to you week after week. It's dependent on His finished work. That's what I was trying to see. It's finished. The battle's over. The, the, the conflict is won. It's finished. God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent, that He should change. The word repent, as we've already said, means to be sorry. God is not sorry that He saved us. A lot of people think that. Oh, I'm sure the Lord's sorry He saved that rotten scoundrel. Not if He's one of His. Not if He's in Christ. No. That's why we're not consumed. His saving us was a gift given in Christ. For by grace are you saved. That not of yourselves. That's pretty plain, isn't it? It's the gift of God. The prophet Samuel said, the strength, and that word strength is capitalized in that verse, speaking of the Lord. He said, the strength 
will not lie nor repent, for he's not a man that he should do so. Lying is a result or an effect of weakness in us. We lie because we're weak. But Christ is the strength of Israel. Christ is the strength of His people. Hence, He cannot lie. And men, well, we change our mind all the time. Um, when something unforeseen arises, when something hinders our first design and desire, in our weakness, our will cannot be carried out. But God's not a man. Men are weak and feeble. Very often they cannot perform what they promise. But Christ is the strength of His people. And even when we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly because He is strength. That's what makes this a gift. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And secondly, this gift of God is unspeakable. That simply means it cannot be described. It cannot be explained. There have been many messages preached on this verse. Uh, several pastors that we know personally have preached on this verse. I listened to several of them this week. Uh, Brother Paul Mahan, he made a great observation about this unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable gift that God gave His people. Paul said there are three things concerning a gift. First, it's got to belong to the one who gives it. Well, you can't take something from somebody else and give it to me and call it a gift. That's theft. <laughs> but salvation belongeth to the Lord. And He gives it to whom He wills. Secondly, it's got to be unearned. We've already... Um, Beat that horse a little bit, haven't we? And thirdly, it must be bestowed upon you, not offered. There's a big, big difference. Big difference. A gift must belong to the one who gives it. All things belong to the Lord. While the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that are therein, everything in this world belongs to Him. It's all on loan to us. All we have belongs to the Lord. The Apostle Paul asked that question. He said, what do we have that we did not receive? Who do we receive it from? From the Lord who makes the difference. 1 Corinthians 4.7 It is especially true when it comes to salvation. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Whose blessing? Your blessing. It's yours to give. It's a gift because God gave it. The world talks about self-made men. There is no such thing. There is not no such thing. Is that proper English? Well, it is now. <laughs> self-made men are said to have come from nothing and made themselves something. You know what? That goes against the whole teaching of Scripture. It sure does. We're nothing. We have nothing. We can do nothing. How are any of us going to make ourselves anything? Speaking to the wealthy of this world, the Holy Spirit says, God giveth the power to get well. Deuteronomy 8.18 To the self-righteous religionist in this world, the Holy Spirit declares, God gives the increase. 
to those who are carefree and enjoy life without Christ, the Holy Spirit explains, God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. It's God that gives them. To those who humbly bow to Christ, the Holy Spirit says, God giveth grace to the humble. Your humility is a gift of God. To those who are victorious, the Holy Spirit proclaims, God gives us every victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every victory. To everyone, everywhere, the Holy Spirit announces every good and perfect gift comes from above. What is the greatest gift of all? Well, it's not like the popular song says, learning to love ourselves. It's just the opposite. What is this unspeakable, indescribable gift? It's God doing for sinners what they cannot do for themselves. This gift from God is unearned. What does God say about it? Let me, let me just tell you what He says about it. It is the grace of God that brings salvation. Titus 2.11 It is Christ who gave Himself for us that, we, that He might redeem us from all iniquity. A man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Galatians 5, 6. Paul told Timothy, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. 2 Timothy 1.9 This is what God says. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we done. It says that over and over and over again in the Scriptures. You know why? Because that's what we'll trust in. That's what we'll claim to be the reason for our redemption by works of righteousness that we've done. Lord, haven't we? Haven't we? No, You haven't. You haven't done anything to deserve or merit God's salvation. Not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy. See, we're right back to that. It's His to give. It's His gift to give. It's His mercy. According to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, which He shed on us, He bestowed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.20 That's what God says. Thirdly, a gift must be bestowed. It must be imparted. It's not something offered to us. It's an operation upon us. It's a work of God in us. Has anyone on your birthday or at Christmas, whatever time of the year that we give gifts to one another, ever come up to you and say, well, there's nothing under the tree. I didn't bring anything with me. But I, I want to offer you a gift. Uh, that wouldn't... Is it, if a gift is offered, you can accept it or reject it, Right? 
that wouldn't be a true gift. A gift is not an offer. It's freely given with no strings attached. An offer implies that there's an ability on our part to be uh, to the to the one that it's offered to to accept it or reject it. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can you offer a dead man life? Christ came to the world to give life, not to offer life. Our Lord said a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven, from above. What a gift this is. Well, it's unspeakable. It's indescribable. It's unexplainable. It's a mystery. God's ways are past finding out. Religion today is taking the unspeakable, the indescribable, and the unexplainable, and they've made it contemptible. They've made it despicable. They've made it detestable. It is to me. They've made God's gift to sinners the sinner's gift to God. Men have tried to turn the tables on God. How ridiculous. How futile. They claim, haven't we? Haven't we? As I said a moment ago. But it's been God's doing all along. Men stand and preach. They say, God loves you. Won't you love Him back? That's just an offer. They've made God a beggar. His love to you is much more than an offer. I can assure you that. That's what modern day preaching's made it though. God loves you and He offers you salvation if you'll just simply love Him back. That's blasphemy. It really is. No one gives like our God does. And His gift is unspeakable. Brother Paul also said we call the Gospel the greatest story ever told when it's actually the greatest story that's never been told as it ought to be told. The Holy Spirit tells us that we know in part and we preach in part, but very soon we'll know even as we're known. I'm looking forward to that. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. I remember one time when I was struggling financially and my mother and father paid off a large debt for me. And I didn't know at first and I found out that they were the one that did it. And you know, all I could say was, I don't know what to say. (laughs) That's all I could say. I don't know what to say. It was unspeakable. It was indescribable. It was an unexplainable gift. You know, the Queen of Sheba, she heard of the fame of Solomon and she came, the Scripture says, to prove him with hard questions. Undoubtedly, she was, you know, had her doubts. She came with hard questions and the Scripture says Solomon answered all her hard questions. He didn't hide anything from her. He told her everything. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and she saw all that the Lord had given him, remember what she said? She said, behold, the half was not told me. When the half wasn't told me. Your wisdom and your prosperity exceedeth the fame that I heard. Friends, the half of God's unspeakable gift of Christ has not been told. 
Men have been standing and preaching the truth for over 2,000 years. They've endeavored to tell it, but the half has not yet been told. If we endeavor for another 2,000 years, unless the Lord return, not half of the other half will be told. It's not possible for the words of men to do so. And then thirdly, the outline of this verse tells us that this gift causes us, the receiver, to praise and thank God for it. Thanks unto God for His unspeakable gift. Christ didn't come in the world and make God love us. Christ came in the world because God loved us. Christ didn't come in the world. He came in the world, He came in the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. God loved His people from the foundation of the world. That's why Christ, God's unspeakable gift, is called the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. For God so loved the world, His people in the world, all types of men and women in the world, out of every corner of the world, that He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him. That's who this gift is given to. To those that believe in Him. That they should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a gift! Can you explain it? Can you describe it? God gave us His Son and we love Him because of it. He loved us and that's why He gave us Christ. In other words, we love Him because He first loved us. God's gift is not the cause of His love. God's gift of Christ is the result of His love. God's gift of Christ is the fruit of God's love for us. Christ came in the world to save sinners. What an unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable gift. Again, herein is love. What is love? Well, it's not that we love God. But, there's another one, but that He loved us. I'm not going to talk about my love for God. I'm not going to do it. It's not worth talking about. That's not love. That's not true love. Herein is love that God loves us. And what did He do? He sent His Son. He gave His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. He sent His Son to be the atonement for our sins. Jesus Christ is the atonement. He is the mercy seat upon which our sins are put upon. And it's His blood that was shed for our sins. See, it's all about Him. All about what He did. He is the high priest that sprinkles that blood upon the mercy seat. He is that unspeakable gift. Mr. Spurgeon once told the story about a man who just constantly took the Lord's name in vain. Uh, he did so one day in front of an old man that knew and loved the Lord. And when that man took the Lord's name in vain, the old man just bowed his head. And time and time again, as the blasphemy flowed from his lips, the man's lips, the old fellow just bowed his head and not say a word. Finally, the man looked at the old man. He said, why are you bowing your head? And the old man said, I bowed my head at the name, at the mention of God's name. 
He said, I must reverence him and his name, even if you curse it. The saved sinner is going to find ways to thank God and reverence their God in the midst of those who do not. I remember Brother Henry telling a story about him and some other preachers, I believe it was, playing golf. They had a group of men playing right behind them and they were just upon them. You know, they couldn't hit the ball quick enough and the people behind them would hit the ball and about hit them, you know, and just just rushed them the whole game. And uh, uh, these men behind them at every hole that Henry and his party teed off, they were waiting and drinking and cursing. And for some time, this went on several holes. And finally, Brother Henry told his party of men that was behind him, said, y'all just go ahead and play through. Y'all go ahead before us. We're, we're a little slower. And, and one of the men thanked him. And, and then out of, I guess, out of just kindness I, or curiosity, one, he said, he asked him what he did for a living. And Brother Mahan said, I'm a pastor and a preacher of the Gospel. And he said the man just turned red with embarrassment. He began to apologize for the cursing and the drinking and the stories they were telling. He told him he was sorry for the way they had acted. And Brother Henry said, no need to apologize to me. He said, I'm, I'm not anybody. He said, but God is. And he heard every word. So if you want to apologize to someone, maybe you ought to apologize to Him. Those that are without Christ are not thankful for Him. You know who is? Those who have Him. Those to whom He's given this unspeakable, unexplainable, indescribable <coughs> gift. That's who's going to thank Him. Christ and His salvation are not a gift to everyone. It's not, they're not. If they were, everyone would be saved. But they're not a gift to everyone. But to those this gift is given, this unspeakable gift, they're thankful and they praise God for it because it's His. He gave it. And they thank Him for it. Grateful. Grateful for this unspeakable gift. Last week I asked you some questions that are asked from the Scriptures. How can a man be just with God? How could he be clean that's born of a woman? How could God be just and justify the ungodly? How could the justice of God both punish and pardon? How could God's mercy and God's truth meet together? If the wages of sin is death, how can God remain just and at the same time Forgive us when sin is all that we are. How can God be a just God and a Savior? How can God's righteousness and God's peace kiss each other? How can God be perfectly holy and righteous and at the same time be at peace with wretched sinners? Only one way. By His unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. That truly gives some, some clarity to the verse, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life concerning all those questions. The same answer 
is given for all those questions because of His unspeakable gift. So, again the outline, pretty simple, seven words. Salvation is a gift of God. It belongs to the one who gives it. This gift is unspeakable because it's unmerited and undeserved. Our mere words won't allow us to describe it. We believe it. By divine revelation and God giving us life, we believe it. Men easily understand what they believe that they're entitled to. I read an article once that said that most people who steal from their workplace justify it by some entitlement. Well, I deserved it because I don't get paid enough. I was just taking what should have been given to me in the first place. They don't have any problem explaining why they stole. But you can't explain mercy and grace to one who's dead in trespasses and sin. God got to give them life. What a gift. God's got to give them Christ. What an unspeakable gift. It's indescribable. Unexplainable to the natural man because... He cannot. He doesn't have the ability to receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto Him. Neither can He know them because they are spiritually discerned. They're a mystery to one that God hadn't given life to. God has to give a dead man life before He can reveal these unspeakable things to him or her. They've got to be revealed and mere words cannot do so. And then thirdly, this unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable gift causes saved sinners to praise and thank God. That's why you're here this morning. I wish there was more that was here. I really do. I wish more people felt that way. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto Thy name give glory. God gives us all these things. What do we give Him? Only what's already His. Praise and glory. We give to God what's already His. We acknowledge that all honor and praise and glory goes to Him because of what He's done for us, not what we do for Him. We give Him the glory that's already His for His mercy and His truth's sake. What an unspeakable, indescribable, unexplainable gift God gave when He gave us Christ and salvation in Him. Well, do you have this gift? Have you received this gift? Well, the Word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. You get to hear about this unspeakable gift every time we meet because God's been pleased to share it with us, to give it to us. May God, by this precious gift of grace, make it so for His glory, our good, and for Christ's sake.